All right. So sorry, I don't let me interrupt. Um, uh, go ahead. Interrupt. Interrupt who? Uh, yeah, really. I mean, as soon as you get on here, it's uh, it's cricket, Steph. Must be you. <laughs> People are just not used to getting. They're like, I'll wait for a breath. Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it started with me and Nathan, and then we had an ulterior motive. I just kept wanting to uh, to add men. Sure. Yeah, don't forget to add Nate. Yeah, please. Hello. Okay, you know what? Two films really suck. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> Idiocracy. <laughs> Number the Larry the Cable Guy movies? There Will Be Blood is one of the worst films I've ever seen. And Sweet Mother of God, what is up with No Country for Old Men? That I've never suck. heard of. I've heard that movie was really, really stupid. It was the Best Picture winner, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And it's I, like, it's I like... thought that Fargo was good. Like, I saw these guys do Fargo, which is a very similar film, but... Man, it's like, we don't know how to end this. I think we're out of money. Just unplug <laughs> the camera. <laughs> so it had one of those crappy, like, cut out, you don't know what happens endings? Yeah, it's like, uh, seriously, uh, 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 are you guys going to see? Um, well, No Country for Old Men is just communism. Um, it's, it's from an Upton Sinclair novel of the 1920s. And it's a, the first, the first, I don't know, first half hour, maybe 45 minutes is pretty good. You know, there's a guy, he's an uh, enterprising capitalist who's out there trying to dig oil wells and, and he's bringing peace and prosperity and he's facing a, um, a, a priest guy who's kind of sleazy and so on. <laughs> but then in the middle of the film, he just wakes up one day and says, hey, you know what, I'm just going to be stinking evil today and pretty much for the rest of my life, <laughs> for no reason. Uh, that's just what I do. Uh, now that I've drilled my oil well, I'm just going to start killing people. And it's just completely stupid. And, um, anyway. But it's totally predictable, isn't it? I mean, it's totally predictable. You know, a big bad oil tycoon just suddenly turns on humanity. And, well, but what's different about it, at least from a lot of the contemporary films, in which I consider sort of a backslide, is that, you know, that old thing, the, the communist thing... Uh, the, world will not be free until the last priest is strangled on the guts of the last capitalist or whatever, right? And so I thought in the beginning of the film that he was skeptical of the clergy and a kind of positive do-gooder capitalist, right? Or energetic sort of, and, you know, there seemed to be a lot of self-made man and so on, cares about his son and <laughs> he, just, I mean, he just wakes up one day and says, you know what, I just hate people. And... <laughs> That's been my whole motivation. Why? I don't know, because we need a second half of the film and we can't think of anything possible for <laughs> the capitalist. And then he ends up killing the priest. <laughs> it's like, so basically it's just communism, right? The two evils in the world are religion and capitalism. And uh, that's about all. And it's just like, they say it's a great detour de force of, of acting. And it's like, but the, 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 there was no character. It's just this guy who likes drilling oil and killing people. So <laughs> Oh, man. Justin Sinclair for you. Oh. Did you see both of these tonight? No. No, I didn't see. Uh, I saw them this week. I saw them this week. But 
I was just, I was, because I watched the Oscars and I was like, well, okay, let's see what, because I haven't seen a film in I don't know how long, right? But it's like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember hearing like people were saying, oh, the Oscars are, all the nominees are so dark this year, but I, I never knew what they were talking about because I don't, I haven't seen any of those films. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, you know, we really need a new generation of filmmakers. But I don't think we'll get them at the moment. But, uh, you know, just people who are like, to whom that stuff just seems stupid. You know, like it's, it would be embarrassing. You know, like it would be like, a, a, you know, be like me going to Hollywood and saying, you know, hey, I got this great idea for a film. We got a bunch of orphans, see, and they need to save a nun. And they say, hey, let's put on a show, you know. <laughs> and it's like people would just be like, oh, my God, that was old when Little Rascals was around. Right. And it, it, it's the same thing. It's like, well, we have this capitalist guy. Right. See, and he turns out to be evil. And it's like, oh, God, can we just get a new plot? Like the mustache twirling. Like, yeah, the mustache. He's even got a mustache. Actually, I was waiting for him to break into Bohemian Rhapsody Hop the film. But, but uh, oh, man, you must. <laughs> Maybe they could get like one new plot in 50 years, one new plot, 50? anybody. This is 150. This has been going on since the 1850s. The evil, yeah, pulling capitalist and the, oh man, it's just like, oh, I, I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. <laughs> okay, that's where you're going on. It's like the 1820s then. Did, did you I'll explain? pay the rent. Did you explain what the uh, "There Will Be Blood" was about, or did I explain it? Or, or was well, I mean to us? Did you was No Country to Old Men the one you just talked about, or no? I was talking. And for Mister C, I just got his voicemail, so I don't know how to add him. But I've, I, he's, I've got his three times. He says he's he says what the heck? <laughs> yeah, just uh, I, I don't have the chat he's window running. But... Going to turn his Skype back on, I think. Yeah, if he wants to join a Skype conversation, that might be one thing to do. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm gonna try him again. I think I, I don't know the exact API, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be running. Are you sure? Because I'm I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> Somebody's being a girly girl, and it's not Greg for once. <laughs> oh, um, I I could be like a little bit more ditzy, um, you know. Like, yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> As if. <laughs> Ditz much, huh? Okay, so let's, like, spend the rest of the evening sniping at each other like really shallow girls. <laughs> like really shallow girls? Okay. Like girl. really shallow girls. Like, what's I don't know, Charlotte. Free domain radio. Could the font be, like, any more boring and masculine? There's, like, not a single piece of flaming hypertext, like, anywhere on the board. Like, what's up with that? Like seriously, it's it's not Greg's fault. Who is that guy? And like, what is what is this? It's like the guy's like, oh yeah, I want to talk to the call. Like all I want to do is talk to the young people, and it's like, dude, like sketching a little charcoal or Rogaine or something because you look like my old uncle. <laughs> Actually, um, you look a little bit nicer than my old uncle, but. Um, the Rogaine. I'm in here, kids. I'm going to talk to you about philosophy, and I'm just going to put my hand on my leg because that's how we talk about philosophy. I'm going to put one hand on your leg, and it's like, ew. <laughs> like, that is so totally true. 
<laughs> and you know what? It's yeah. like YouTube, right? It's like YouTube. And so it's like 320 by 240. It's like nothing, right? But you zoom in there. There's like, what is that? Like a Jesus shrub and nose hairs going on there? Like, what is up with that? Can I not even tw- trim if he's going to be on camera? <laughs> you know what you should do? You should like grow your hair really long in the back. And then you could put on like some ropes or something. And he would so look like Socrates, man. <laughs> Well, what I'm thinking, like, I was, if I were the guy, like, there's not much to work with, obviously, right? But, I mean, if I was the guy's, like, makeup guy, what I would do is I'd say, okay, you want to grow those trim Jesus bushes out of your nose, and you're, like, probably only a few months away because you're just so old, right? You're probably only a few months away from getting good ear hair going. So what you do is you get the four corners of the earth meeting along the top, and you get a kind of hair dome that way. Just just pull them up, round the eyes, pull the ear stuff out of the top, and you get a top knot, and then you get a little top ponytail there, too. I think that'd be cool. Oh, that would be, like, so cute. That would be so adorable. And and you could get, like, some hot Asian girls with their with their stuffed animals, and you could, like, sit on a bed with all of them around you, and they could, like, giggle any time that you said something funny, and that would be <laughs> Okay, you win. You just what do my the best. heck was that? <laughs> Me with nails was... tied on the top of my head, sitting on a bed with hot Asian girls just blew my mind. I <laughs> totally win. <laughs> I cannot outvalue that. <laughs> I am the undisputed master of something. Oh, Finally, I've waited all my life. Right. Some might call it a hollow victory, but I take it nonetheless. I, I think I think it was pretty close. Uh, Steph had you uh, pretty close on that belly girl thing. Yeah. I think I think she was taking something out of the 12th century or. <laughs> Although I don't know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a prize that I would want. Well, Although you know, if if some... I did have uh, if I did have all my nose hairs pulled up and tied in a top knot with my ear hair, I might actually look like a very old hot Asian girl. That's that's true. That would do wonders, wonders <laughs> for you, dear. Wonders. wonders would be achieved for sure. <laughs> Were many of your Go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking if many of your comments on that Hot Asian Girls video were people who were actually looking for Hot Asian Girls. Well, I don't know if you saw on the board, but the way that YouTube cuts it off, I didn't plan it this way. It was like, Hot Asian Girls discuss ANA dot dot dot. (laughs) (laughs) So, the degree of staggering disappointment was probably... (laughs) (laughs) Energy. Maybe that's Japanese for oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, that is awesome. Analgesic cream. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anabaptist. Well, well, you know, the, the irony of that is that the uh, the the job interview skills video is still beating it in the rankings. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Where where do you get people watching that? I mean, did 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 some big like I don't know skill job interview skill site post a link to it or something? Or I have no does idea. It just um, uh, I mean, the Ron Paul ones, the procrastination one is is pretty good. But yeah, there's, I mean, the the by far the biggest one is the job skills. I think it's because it's the related videos thing. Like I think that um, people just looking for job interview tips and they see it that way. It's just amazing to me that that that's 
more popular than the uh, the falsely named one. <laughs> you know what? Do you think there's a chance that people re-listen to it because they have a job interview, and then a month later they have another, and you think that might be part of it? Oh yeah, no, I've I've certainly got emails from people who said they've listened to it a couple of times, right? Right. But I think I think the problem with the hot Asian girls um, is the thumbnail. I think that. Um, <laughs> that pretty much gives the game away. <laughs> it would be much better if I knew where um, YouTube spliced in the thumbnails so that I could put a picture right in that five-second spot. <laughs> yes, I was wondering, if because I think it's right at the half, isn't it? I don't. I think you can choose them now. There's, th- there's three. I don't know if it's a third, a third, a third, or whatever, but... Oh, yes, you should totally, like, you just splice this hot Asian girl right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, well. do, do, like, a Tyler Durden thing with yeah, uh, yeah. single frames, right? <laughs> well, no hot Asian girls yet. <laughs> sure they're coming. Sure they're coming. Yeah, well, I'm here. The, Mr. C's having issues. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know why he keeps... Uh... Well, you know who we should talk about, then. Oh, Mr. C, of course. <laughs> How old is Mr. C? 28. Oh, okay. He doesn't look that old in his avatar. Nature evolved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what Ash thought, Nate, you would have told me. <laughs> Why Ash thought what? That uh, you would have told me about Podcast 1000. Um, I didn't think Nate would have. Um, was it? Did you um, find out about it, or was it just you came up with it? Also, personally, I think everybody got it subconsciously from that other Leo Marth guy who posted it a a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) No, it was a uh, it was a total coincidence. Uh, It was yeah, just a total coincidence. Okay. Yeah. You think of putting it all together. What do you mean? Or just uh, like you know, when are you thinking of getting it all together to get released? You know, a few days or a couple of weeks or. You mean like that's up to me? You know what these people are <laughs> like? It's like herding cats. You know, I could make up whatever schedule <laughs> I want. And people are like, oh, I did it, but then you know my video recorder crashed and I couldn't upload. It. <laughs> my mom cat ate it. You know, like it, it, people will send it to me and we'll get it done when we'll get it done. But I'm, you know, everyone's like, right. ooh, when should I get it done? And it's like. I don't know. Do you want to do it? <laughs> if you want to do it, you don't get people calling me up saying, you know, I'm not sure if I should pee or poo. What's your choice? What's your vote? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to record something, record it and send it in, right? There's there's a, at least 20 people, Seth, that have said that they'll do something by the end of the weekend. So that should be something. Well, I'm thinking. Yeah, that was actually. Sorry, one, go ahead. One benefit. One benefit of it being a surprise was that we were under the uh, we were under the time pressure of just exactly when you might actually get to one thousand yourself. So, right, right. And everyone was like, "Oh, the the physician, the philosopher physician. It's a sucky idea, but man, it'll keep him busy for a while. So let's just egg him along, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go work on all that code, my friend. That that that's that's great. <laughs> 
We'll go make your podcast for you. <laughs> earlier you said you were Steph, earlier you said you were getting off to work on that. How's it going? Uh oh, I um I lost uh, half a day today to the evil gremlins of Adobe Premiere Elements or whatever. Um, oh just... right, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, no, it's uh it's really great in terms of the the it makes it look a whole lot more polished and professional. Um uh, in terms of the preview window. Uh, so what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to take Greg's camera and I'm going to zoom in on the preview window, and that's going to be my video. Because whenever I try to compile the actual video, it just crashes the desktop. So, <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's pretty evil. And and because it's got 6 million presets, I'm like, hey, I'll try another preset. <laughs> right. And then it did uh, create one uh, video that then uh, was, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you don't have a stutter, that's no problem. We can add one for you. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to inject some flop sweat in the video as well, just to make me look really twitchy like an ex-heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> so did you well, like my... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was wondering if you liked my uh, other version of my... Um... Podcast one thousand recording. I have sorry. I have. Uh, I was just finishing up the. Um, I finally got it to uh, to produce a video, so I was just finishing that up tonight. I haven't listened to your. Uh... Oh. <laughs> I kind of went a little nuts there. That's good because uh, really that's the kind of exposure we want. <laughs> right. <laughs> you'll see. I don't know if you watch much late night TV, but you'll see. <laughs> what I'd like to do is just have everyone, everyone pretty much bark it, and we put subtitles in. Exactly. Exactly. Free domain radio. No longer will the listeners do it on your lawn. I like that. That like that Star Wars. That Star Wars dub. <laughs> I didn't get that. That was just lost to me. I got the aha thing. I just didn't get aha! that. <laughs> oh, that was Rod Yeah, Eddie Murphy film. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny movie. I don't care what anybody says. I thought that was hilarious. Coming to America? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. And, the, and the, at the end, they've got, uh, um, uh, not at the end, but. Uh, the trading you know, places guys. Yeah, the two, Murphy's coming out of the restaurant with his girlfriend, and the two trading places guys are lying down on you know, these cardboard mats next to a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I sold uh, 20 books today. 20? 20. Sounds good. Wow, is that a is that a uh, is that a record yet, or have you sold I more in one day? I think that it might be. I think that it might well be. Wow. You know, when Oprah asked for the seventy nine dollar deal, I'm like, Jesus, how cheap can you get, woman? <laughs> <laughs> was there any book that was predominantly uh, being sold? Um, I yeah, I mean, no, no, <laughs> no, yeah, there, there, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, the God of Atheists is a universal non-favorite, but uh, the uh, the fiction, the non-fiction stuff is is uh, selling pretty much spread over. Why do you think okay. it is that the God of Atheists is a 
universal non-favorite. Oh, I just think that most of the people who really wanted to get a hold of it uh, have listened to the audiobook. Oh, right, right. You and, know, because the, I... uh, the audiobook was sent around like thousands of times before I uh, shut it down from Christina's site and put it in the uh, in the new site. So, uh, I, so uh, yeah, I think, and also remember the people who, um, uh, people, everybody who's a Silver Plus gets the PDF for free, so it's kind of tough to... Uh, uh, I think it's just you know people have either read it or read it bits of it and decided they don't like it or they listen to the audiobook. But uh, and it's it's pretty expensive too. So. Yeah, I, I I imagine for general audiences, just browsing around in Lulu, the title's probably pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine anybody would just browse around Lulu and buy a book, but maybe they do, right? It's possible. Yeah, very... yeah I mean, I, a... I've never done it, and I, I mean, if I wanted to buy a book, uh, I usually, I usually go and see if anyone I like has put anything out. Uh, trying a new author out is really uh, a, uh, it's a big high hill. Yeah, it's pretty dicey. <laughs> yeah, and especially, you know, it's like, hmm, okay, so here's a place where there's no agents, <laughs> and no, <laughs> no editing. <laughs> And no publishers, and anyone can do it. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> well, you're, you're there. Is, well, I am there. I am there, but um, but let's just say that the odds, and if this is true, maybe it's true. I think it might be true. But let's say that the odds are that a writer who is too brilliant for every known publisher on the planet is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to put a whole lot of money on that, I think. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I guess that maybe is a little too vain for even you. Well, no, I, I think it's true. I think it's true insofar as that the book has a kind of sense of life and message that is not going to work in a world where the movies we were talking about are the most popular. Yeah. So you don't think it'll be made into a movie soon? Or... <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Crazy Talk could make a good movie, but no, I think To Go would be a good film. But uh, uh, unfortunately, because a lot of the um, the value in To Go is the prose, uh, which you can't do in a movie, right? Voiceovers are always so cheesy. So uh, I don't know that it could be made into a great film, unless you got really good actors or whatever. But uh... well, George George Clooney could do Dave and. Uh... <laughs> No, well, he's too see, that's... for Dave. He's too. You, you got to get somebody, um, somebody like Gene Hackman or something, like someone who just looks like a bit of a squashed potato would be slightly better at Dave. Because <laughs> <at, at, laughs> Dave's like a third. He's like a third tier businessman. He's not somebody who'd be up in George. <coughs> oh, like Definitely uh, Devito. <laughs> I'm sorry. Danny, definitely Danny Devito. No, it can't be that bad, but uh, yeah, you wouldn't. Uh, I, I really dislike this. Uh, I hope if they do the Atlas Shrug thing, I really hope that they don't cast these gorgeous people in the roles. Oh and my gosh! Just, we were talking well, about of course, that's bad. what they're gonna do. That's of course that's what they're gonna do. Well, I don't. And Angelina know, Jolie, I then. Oh, go on. I just I don't even know if I'd be able to watch it then because. I mean, Ayn Rand had a fair amount of physical vanity, right? Which which seeped into her books quite a bit, you know, and, and these imperious and tossing hair women and so on. And 
I just think it would be great to to have an actor who could portray an inner beauty without having these cover girl looks. Um, but I don't know. Not likely, right? Well, but I, well, I don't know how seriously I can take Angelina Jolie's Dagny Taggart if she's got a Che Guevara tattoo. Right. Right. I mean, that's it's just, it's just not going to happen. Well, I, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, if she read the books and loves the books, I'm not sure where she's doing the whole United Nations thing from, but but she's mental, right? So, I mean, <laughs> she's completely insane. She carried a vial of Billy Bob Thornton's blood around her neck for a couple of years, right? I mean, the woman's like a twisted sister par excellence. So, you know, we wouldn't look to them for consistency, right? Holy crap, Billy Bob Thornton. Where do you read this stuff? Do you, like, read the stuff in the in the aisles or something on the, on the, on the checkout aisle? Steph has TMZ as his homepage. <laughs> this is like this is like celebrity gossip from like nine years ago. I mean, it's not like I'm up on the latest, right? What makes me go next? The Wallace and Mrs. Simpson case is really quite spectacular. <laughs> hey, that's about as up to date as I am. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess we're all up to the same page. Yeah, I feel like it's good. So, so in other words, all we have to do is make TMZ our homepage, and we'd be way ahead of stuff then, right? Well, don't you guys get that when you log into Yahoo or MSN or anything that that page pops up and occasionally something grabs your attention? Is that just me? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, what is that? How are Britney's kids well, doing? Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is on Yahoo and MSN. Everything's trying to grab your attention. I don't think there's anything on those pages that isn't blinking or flashing or scrolling. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's true. Do you have epilepsy? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh oh. Wow, a good donation begging day. That's good today. <laughs> Did you have good results from that? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. When, uh, when I do those um, those huddled often in a snowstorm posts, the usually things are fairly good. I try not to use them too often, you know. <laughs> Please, sir, can well, I? That's... Have... <laughs> well, that thread turned out pretty interesting. Can I have some more gruel? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that guy. Po- I was, uh, you know, I for sure thought that was just going to go right off a cliff. Uh, so good for him, and uh, I'm glad that it. Uh, he, uh, he managed to dive out of the car before it rolled. Maybe he had a conversation <laughs> with someone else, or maybe what he did was he, he went over to the limey board, and he was like, fine, I'm going here. And he was like, ah, okay, I'm not going here. <laughs> so, Steph, if we want to give you more gruel, where where do we mail it? The gruel? The gruel. Yes. The gruel. Well, you show and up at my house and with a car washing rag, too. Why? <laughs> Put oils, uh, uh, car, car washing stuff, and uh, you know a strong back for snow shoveling uh, is pretty key. So, well, see, someone else is actually living in his house now. He's just huddled out in the backyard right now. Oh, if <laughs> only people, if only the people who think who only think this is a cult could see what we're doing to the base. He's uh, he's in a tent. It's like a UN refugee camp. <laughs> That's right. Eating decaying. I'll come wash your car if you want, Steph. I'm sorry. Just take me a while to get. I'll come wash your car if you want. Just take me a while to get up there. 
Right. 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 Uh, actually, well, unfortunately, the Volvo just doesn't start at the moment. I have to get the uh, battery uh, redone. But it's okay, because we don't use it that much. I don't barely leave the house. So. You're not leaving the compound, huh? No. Have <laughs> yeah, yeah, they cut off the water it's, yet? <laughs> it's interesting to hear, um, uh, because, you know, Mark Stevens is a big anarchist, although he is uh, a deist, uh, vaguely religious. But... Um, uh, but uh, he, he's uh, he's saving me a lot of time because he he's uh, after the show he always tells me about how oh all the effort and work that he's been putting in to try and get his own radio show and all the experience he's gotten and all this that and the other and it's just like wow I'm really glad to hear those tales from the front lines because the idea of uh, even doing I mean doing what he does which is I think most of what he does is. Uh, roll around giving these um, talks on how to get out of traffic tickets and stuff like that. And um, uh, and Harry Brown, of course, used to do a lot and make a lot of money or make some of his money by going around and talking about investment stuff too. But I just, I don't know, maybe I burned out on business travel too much when I was younger, but I sure would hate to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that would that would be boring for me. Oh yeah, you, and the, you know the horrible thing is too is it, it's it's the sleep deprivation, you know, because you I mean, the flights are over to some ungodly hour, right? And you always get into the hotel late, and well, it's all that stuff I described in in Tagawa, but uh, uh, and just and you know it's all that work. It's like two days of travel and for like an hour of conference or whatever. It just yeah, it sucks. And you're, I mean, you're 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 isolated, and you're con- and you're surrounded by people who basically just. All they're interested in is uh, how you can get them out of your traffic tickets, right? Yeah, they're they're not very uh, those those sorts of folks can't be very interesting to talk to, if you know what I mean. No, but they're usually interested in talking to you, which is the problem, right? <laughs> like, yeah, let's take you for dinner. Oh, uh, can we not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I got a traffic ticket. I have to go deal with this. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, dinner was, for a sales pitch. Well, that was always when I would go to the um, when I would go to uh, to do presentations to uh, IT groups. Um, of course, these were always um, you know pale albino IT trolls who were barely let out of the basement, right? And so I sort of come in <laughs> in a suit and so on, right? And they'd be like, "Oh, this is, uh, can we go out for dinner? Uh, can we leave the building?" Uh. So we sort of <laughs> sure. Right, I'd sort of heard them off in this shuffling, droning thing, you know, and they'd wedge their buttocks into these little chairs and <laughs> have a meal, and they'd have no conversation skills, but they'd just be staring balefully up, just vaguely happy to be out of a building, and <laughs> that was the hardest part somewhere of the sales stuff for sure. Oh my God, it's a port noise. <laughs> well, sorry? it's. I'm sorry. It's like my my old. Boss, he was um, the uh, the one IT guy that you always talk about. He has to be there, and he has to make snide remarks and try to catch you out, just oh, to like justify his salary. Oh, those <laughs> and they know they've got you because you, you, it's it's the only time they can ever have an attractive person be nice to them, <laughs> right? And they can actually pay, right? Yeah, we used to have those at MD Anderson. I don't know how we appeared to them, but uh, <laughs> I'm scared to find out. Yeah, those passes. Why didn't you write this in PHP? I'm sorry, Ash. Are you still on? 
We'll come back to this topic later. <laughs> You're going to wind up with a letter bomb on your doorstep, mister. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> a letter bomb written in PHP. <laughs> no, but that's that's exactly... The, your, your description of these IT conferences is exactly... That's exactly right. Well, and, and I, always those... had, I always had the shittiest software on the block, too. Like, I always had the crappy... I mean, the, sorry, the software, the code was good, the software is good, but but the, the, <laughs> we did it in Access, right, for the first three years. <laughs> so, I mean, you try and go to one of these places where it's like, you know, we uh, we run Oracle the size of Jupiter, you know? <laughs> we have, you know, you can come down and touch these machines and they'll shake the chest hair right off your chest with their power, right? And it's like, oh, we just <laughs> need a 286 with an Access database. And this is long pause, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and then, and and all those trolls are rolling their eyes and, and whispering uh, to themselves while you're trying to give your. Uh... Yeah, I've been there. I've yeah. been there. Yeah, it's like well, you know, there are only three users. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> three users. Oh, 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 only I was one of those guys in the in the audience, rolling his eyes and whispering to the dude next to him. And... <laughs> but but then I'd say, look, look, look. I have a history degree. <laughs> so, what do you know about the Battle of Agincourt, huh? Huh? I'm sure Charlotte does. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to speak up for the fact that history degrees are absolutely fucking useless. <laughs> just, you know, thought I'd mention that. Unless you have... I tell JC also. Unless you have this freaky alien ability to talk to people on YouTube and find the history lectures interesting, I completely agree. You can do yeah. that, Charlotte. I can talk to people on YouTube about, like, history, please. What happened to Conrad of Montferrat? The untold story. <laughs> no. I love those shows. <laughs> You don't even know who Conrad of Montfort was. But that's why he loves those shows. <laughs> hey, that's where I learned about the Battle of Agincourt. <laughs> I don't okay. even know what that is. Does that have to do with you, Ash? Nate, it is such a good thing that you're so pretty. That's where the that's where the British kicked French ass with arrows. Oh, Nate, Nate, seriously, take my suggestion. Don't worry so much with the reading. Just keep working with the Brill Cream and, you know, the Botox. Just keep yourself pretty. You know, that, that's exactly what you bring into the table is uh, hunky man meat. And I'd really focus on that because I think that other ship may have sailed. <laughs> Are you going uh, by my dream the other day? <laughs> I quite concur, Steph. <laughs> Don't you worry your pretty little head. You just go to the gym again, honey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, this is the kind of great advice that you rely on Steph to dispense to you. <laughs> this is a riff. This is a riff. <laughs> right up there with do I poo or do I pee? <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know what, that's interesting because that actually was the first draft of the Clash song. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> 
do I coo or do I pee? I oh, do, like do I just stay or do I go? Okay. <laughs> just, just I don't get, know how I do that. Uh, lots of repetitions, uh, Nate. Uh, heavy weights. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Of what was that five dollar book, Greg? Something about how to get hot women to go to bed with you? Oh yeah, I was looking at those Audible.com books and read the ones that you know, Steph, the one I linked earlier. Yeah, uh, the five dollar Audible books, and one of them was like, God, what was it called? Because like the, I... the, the masterful secret: how to get beautiful women into bed with you, or something. Can I can I just tell you what I think that 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 book actually says? <laughs> something what? like this. It, it would be the shortest audiobook in history, and it's like, if you're listening to this on an iPod, and you knew how to download it and transfer it to an iPod, you will never get a hot woman in your bed. Thank you for listening. <laughs> oh my but god! Think happy thoughts. <laughs> right. Right. The closest hot woman you've got is uh, I'm just going to bring out Cindy the sock puppet and talk in a high voice for a bit, and you could just go to town. <laughs> I'll try. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I did spend my $5 on that. Uh, on not, No, not on that. Not on that. On um, Greg, is the... there anything that you need to tell us, sweetie? <laughs> no, no, no. I bought actually the book that Malcolm Gladwell used as a reference for Blink or something like that. Or maybe the audiobook goes something like this. <laughs> if it's important for you to get an audiobook for only $5, you will never get a hot woman in your bed. <laughs> if this is a big deal to you. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm thinking you maybe don't have a Lamborghini in the front yard. <laughs> if this book came to you through Linux, you will never get a hot woman in your bed. <laughs> If you clicked on this link immediately when you read this. <laughs> you have been pre you have been pre disqualified. If you actually had some hope that reading a book would get a hot woman into bed with you. I'm so sorry. The whole book just makes fun of you for reading it. It's too much work to actually turn the pages. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the mystery method, how to get beautiful women into bed. Um, it's actually seven hours long. Seven hours wow. long? God. Whoa. That's, so, that's a lot of berating. And... <laughs> so, the mystery method, it's either the, mis the method will be a mystery to you by the end, or you have to dress like James Bond or something. Okay, here are some of the tips that are given. Um... Steph, you might want to keep this for the sequel for RTR because I think this could help you. Um, Absolutely. Give more attention. Oh, my God. Give more attention to her less attractive friend at first so your target will get jealous and try to win your attention. Oh, that'll win a charming woman. Wow. <laughs> Play off their insecurities. <laughs> You want, you want to get the stupidest, most insecure bitch you can lay your hands on. Otherwise, she wouldn't get I, into your bed. I can't. Well, oh, my gosh. This is in a book? <laughs> it's in a lot of books, Greg. <laughs> it's in a lot of movies. It's in a lot, that, of, por oh. it's in a lot of porn, too. <laughs> what else do they say? Keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs>
<laughs> I think that That's if what you they do say. Tech, you don't need the book. That's what it says. It says smile. Guys who don't get laid don't smile. Um, Guys who don't get laid the don't smile. Truth. So, <laughs> the opposite Guys, so they're basically saying smile and you'll get laid. <laughs> yes. Like one thing is, and for God's sake, don't ever stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Even through the oh. sexual act, <laughs> don't stop smiling. Even if the wind is whistling through your teeth. <laughs> Always approach a target within three seconds of noticing her. If and a woman senses your hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> You would look like the Joker from Batman. <laughs> Just don't stop. <laughs> don't blink. Correct me, friend. Oh my god. Hi, how are you? <laughs> so, so well, you're spotting. Your name doesn't have a lot of consonants because you're smiling the whole time. <laughs> So you've spotted this woman within three seconds, and what do you do with her? Oh, you 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 approach her within three seconds that you notice her, because if a woman senses your hesitation, her perception of your value will be lower. Okay, so you have to be a precipitate asshole looking for an insecure woman. <laughs> hey. No, precipitate who smiles all the time. <laughs> hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> How the hell can I get me one of those? My God. Oh my God. And if you see her heading towards an elevator or a revolving door, don't let that stop you. You've got three seconds. Go. <laughs> Better, yet Better yet, trap her in said elevator or revolving door. It's probably the closest you're going to get. And remember, when you've got her trapped, never stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I need oh, a new lampshade. <laughs> okay, there's there's one more that I they give her. I got something to show you. <laughs> it will rub the lotion on its neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! There's one more that they give for free, but I guess you have to buy the book for the rest of the time. <laughs> oh boy! I want to buy just hilarity. <laughs> Don't be picky. Approach as many groups of people in a bar as you can and entertain them with fun conversation. As you move about the room, positive perception of you will grow. Now it's easy to meet anyone you want. Well, one thing I will say is that that does follow logically from the rest of the absolutely stupid tips. Well, if we just work at this mathematically, right? So let's say that there are 20 women in a bar. And you have to approach each of them within three seconds. <laughs> and I'm guessing with the constant smiling and no blinking, which I added, probably will take about another three seconds for you to get rejected. Amazing. So pretty much you can work a whole room in, what is that, uh, two minutes? <laughs> Try not to let the, the accumulating mace slow you down. <laughs> I feel like that guy, I feel like that guy
guy with the with the with the pointing fingers like in the in the shape of a gun, right? right. Hey, hey. <laughs> how about you? Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> oh my God. When I was, uh, I guess I was about, I don't know, sixteen or seventeen, and I was uh, aiming at the title of ladies' man, and um, <laughs> I uh, I read some book about, uh, um, or it was some article about. Um, you know, do sexy things with yourself so that women will find you. <laughs> sexy things with yourself? What does that mean to a 16-year-old guy? <laughs> what does it mean to a 41-year-old guy? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so what I did was I was sitting across um, from this girl at a party and I was just trying to get her interested in me. So I was stroking my own thigh and licking my own lips. <laughs> that is so sexy, Steph. I'm so hot for that. <laughs> so, you, basically, I was just shaved and glistening. <laughs> you should write the, the editors of that book. They need to add that as this. <laughs> what are you guys like trying to get me to not reproduce? <laughs> <laughs> Not pretty. It's not pretty. <sighs> yeah, that doesn't work unless you can actually lick your eyebrow. Then I think it's okay. But <clears throat> just licking it doesn't really work. Hey, yeah, if you can lick your eyebrow, that's quite a trick. I'm sure you can get any hot woman in the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So oh yeah. Little Ace Freely action going. Ace Freely. You sound more like a circus clown than a than a human being. There were times. There were times. I had a um, when I was fourteen. Uh. I met a girl at the swimming pool and uh, went out on a date with her. And um, I had a uh, I had a hamster. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> sound like it's going where it's going, but I had a hamster <laughs> who got loose. And he'd actually the only pair of pants I had that was even remotely decent. Uh, I realized when I was um, on the bus going to meet her, that the hamster had chewed a bunch of holes in my pants. And this is long before holes in pants were even remotely cool. <laughs> so I just, I, just, I just remember sitting there um, trying to, like, contorting myself, just trying to lean on my legs or whatever so that she wouldn't see the holes in my pants. And uh, I don't know if she thought I had some sort of spinal injury or something because I just couldn't straighten up the whole time because I just see the holes in my These are things that you think about at this age is, like, absolutely crucial. Amazing. <laughs> I think it's making this up with you. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I had to... Uh, sorry, go on. Your capacity to humiliate yourself was uh, pretty high. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, it, it, the good thing is, is that I mean, when you get older, you just look back and laugh, right? Because these things all seem so crucial at the time. I guess they were important then. But I mean, because I've got a um, a, uh, a podcast or a video, uh, like, what is it that people are going to love you for, right? And so I've been sort of noting down some of these memories, not because I think I particularly want to talk about them on a YouTube video, but, you know, all the things that I've tried to get people to love me for in the past, you know, like... Uh, uh, business success, or, you know, ooh, look, I'm an artist, I write books, or I'm a poet, or, you know, ooh, look, I'm an actor. Like, all these things that are completely irrelevant to actually being loved, 
But, you know, ooh, I, I like to dance, so, you know, ooh, look, <laughs> you can do X, Y, and Z. And it's just sort of funny looking back and thinking about all the things that I contorted myself into to try and be attractive, none of which were fundamentally attractive. It's just looking from the outside in, looking back, it's just kind of funny. I mean, that's all you know, right? I mean, all you know is how can I try and be attractive to someone, <laughs> you know, because there's always a better looking person around. There's always a person who's got more money or dresses better or, you know, whatever, right? So <clears throat> how is it that I'm going to stand out? And just all these ridiculous things to, to try and stand out. And I just I was just sort of thinking about this stuff this last week because I'm sort of trying to lay down some of the framework for this uh, this uh, podcast. So that's, if that's any curiosity, that's what a nice preview there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is not stuff that's coming in there because um, <laughs> it's uh, that's the kind of stuff that that uh, it's funny in conversation, but if you put it in a video, it just isn't right. I mean, in my sort of <laughs> my mind, right? That's all surface stuff too, right? It is, yeah. It is all surface stuff, right? None of it was around. I'm gonna be a good person, right? Well, that's what I kind of concluded from that dream I had, I don't know if anybody read that, but um, that I was only trained to, because um, I couldn't, if I put myself forward as somebody that was a good person, then then I uh, just got attacked or I got belittled or just made fun of. or So I had to look, my only option was, I was always trotted out as the the good looking one of the bunch, so i I that's all I had, you know? <laughs> and so I had to walk around looking good, and everything was about looking good, and that was it. Yeah, that's the same thing that, that Ricky had too, right? Because, I mean, his, uh, he's, uh, he and his sister are attractive people as well, right? So that's what they, they had, right? That was their thing, right? And it's like, well, what's the thing that you bring in that people are going to love you for? It's just something that I've sort of been mulling mulling over about about to a way to communicate. That's sort of why this stuff was popping around in my brain. But uh... yeah, I mean, and Charlotte were talking about that. It's like uh, there's nothing to to <laughs> to try forth. I had that dream about my boss, you know, just sniffing my neck. You know, she was uh, just going. Mm, she mentioned some chemical. It says, "Well, you're a genius," and I'm like. Uh, is this because I, I smell good or <laughs> you smell like brains right <laughs> yeah, I, it was a very odd dream but it was a uh, very very odd that that and I felt you know that that the guy next to me who strangely looked like Greg I I don't know why but <laughs> he uh, I felt embarrassed to to see that because it was just obvious that the only reason my boss had hired me was to um was because I was good looking or that was my perception in the dream right I was just like there I have nothing to offer and so this guy sitting next to you was he a candidate too a what a potential can this was this was like job interviews right no, 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 no. The dream was uh, like my everyday work environment, except everything was um, kind of toned down and dim in the office, and and in each office there were beds, <laughs> so it was kind of it was just kind of weird that way. Oh. And there was a surprise party, and then I just toted the 
I I walked a, a I walked around with this with this printer manual that was full of printer alignment pages from a desk jet that I was supposed to Xerox and return to her, but I never returned to it. My only sign of productivity was that I was returning her printer printer alignment page book. <laughs> you know, it was just so desperate for like trying to uh feel like I'm of value there. And you play Dungeons and Dragons, right? <laughs> no. Well, I, I play World of Warcraft or something. Oh, it's just, just because, I mean, the conversation that we have here is that value and love is virtue and alignment. Just the word reminded me of the, the alignment word that is used in Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know anything about Warcraft, but which is your, your moral attributes. Right, right, right. Good, evil. Right, right. Yeah, like, uh, lawful. Right. Yeah, lawful good, evil good. Yeah, I, I do. I have played a lot of um, those types of games. I wonder if alignment had anything to do with it. Well, that's, that's just a, what I thought. I don't know because I don't know the dream, but that was just the association that popped into my head. That's a really. Cool I just yeah. The what came to my head was that printer alignment pages are just so useless and pointless that, you know, why would I be Xeroxing those? You know, why oh. would I need to Xerox them and return or turn this book to her? <laughs> it just seems like such a pointless job, you know? But, I mean, v- virtue is futile for most relationships, right? I mean, that's what if we've been sort of, I mean, printer alignment, sort of, so to speak, is, is useless and you just toss them out and so on, but that's how most people view Virtue as well, I think, right? I mean, and, and it's a negative. It's a net negative overall. Oh, right. I mean, everybody that we talk to in this conversation, they hate us because we're good, right? I mean, if we just if we just shut up and, and went back to, to being, you know, the slaves, then they'd be all fine with us, right? But anyway, I shouldn't talk because I don't know the dream, but that was just sort of what I was, uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, we'd hashed it out quite a bit just as far as my Mr. Productivity goes. <laughs> a desire to be productive but not feeling I have any value. So I, I think there's two voices in play, this little... Um, I, I got the this metaphor of... I don't know if you've seen Star Trek 2. Khan? Yes, Khan. The, you know how they, inter- they, they stick the little bugs in their ears? Uh, it's been a oh, long yeah. time. I've seen it, but I like, believe you. Yeah, like right at the where, where uh, Chekhov gets the uh, the worm in his ear. Right, right, right. And they that it controls their thoughts, and and it, and and any time they try and tell tell them what's really going on, it, it starts to give them pain. So, it's like my parents stuck this thing in my ear, and I'm not allowed to tell the truth. Right, <laughs> or. And it's kind of like this thing is torturing me every time I try and think anything good of myself or anything, um, anything true or anything that might not benefit them. Right. Now, <clears throat> just out of curiosity, Nate, when you think of this stuff, the, the, the struggles that you have around trying to find a more positive self-image and so on, and, and do, do you feel that – because I, I get this is a sense that I get, which is just my my opinion doesn't mean anything. But 
Do you feel that you are trying to catch up with the rest of humanity, or do you feel like you're breaking new ground forward for humanity? At, at this point, I feel like I'm breaking new ground, except that I'm tr I feel like I'm trying to keep up with everybody here in this conversation. Okay, good, good. I just because I, I know that sometimes sometimes I get the sense that you get frustrated with yourself and you feel like you're broken, right? That's the story. Yes, that I'm. That's, I think. I think fundamentally, what I wasn't ever explicitly told that I was stupid, worthless, and broken, but that I was um, told that through actions like treating me badly, never being able to um, get the kind of ego inflation that they gave my brothers, never being able to 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 meet this impossible standard not not really a standard but well you realize that the ego inflation was as bad if not worse right right I, I realize how that hurt them but I also realize that this is where this impossible impossible thing comes from like in the dream I was I was pissed off that I could I was I felt hopeless and worthless that I couldn't fly just to impress my coworkers. You know, that I couldn't fly around like Superman or couldn't do the impossible. Right. And isn't Which, that amazing, it, too, that we want, like, the, the, what, what, what is going to make us special in our mind's eye is that we can defy the laws of physics, right? I mean, it's, it's that crazed, the, 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 the desire for uh, attention and for love, right? That, 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 I mean, that's what comic books are all about. You know, like, if I can fly or if I, you know, have cool utility belts and a gay companion or I don't know like I mean if I have all these <laughs> things then I can be I can stand out and be a great guy and people will love me and god it's so sad right? I mean when you think about it deep down it's like there's so, so much that's missing there and I loved the Superman movies when I was a kid I mean the first one or two I thought were great but uh, and, and I wanted all of that in the same way that you know people want like the Luke Skywalker thing you know like they're just some person in the middle of nowhere drinking blue milk and repairing farm robots and then out of nowhere comes this amazing destiny that, that you know, like that they're actually the son of Pastolfo and they're the chosen one and this and that, that, that it's just going to come to them and that's what makes them special. And that to me just seems like really the out, the, um, it's like an outgrowth of depression, right? For sure. It's an outgrowth of complete and total feelings of worthlessness and. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uselessness. Yeah, like if I if I can get bitten by a radioactive spider, I'll be special, right? Right, right. If only. And that's been my dream ever since I was six. Right. I think I was six. Just to have that sort of power. And I think with power, it was like... Are you there? Yeah. I think it was like efficacy... As far as power, I mean, just like a a metaphor for efficacy. Um, efficacy? What do you mean? Like um, being, I had no traction with anybody or anything around me. I, I had no power. I was completely helpless. So, but isn't it more value than efficacy? I mean, I'm not. I'm just trying to understand. To me, it comes across as value, though. Of course, it may be something completely different, but. Well, I associate efficacy with value because, like at work, I I want to, I want to be the, um, 
I, I have this uh, this struggle against myself at work where, where I want to be this guy who knows enough to, to really impress people because that's what I used to do all the time with IT. I would impress all the bosses and all the VPs and you know fix all their problems and, and know everything about the environment, know everybody, know everybody's name, have all the contacts, and now this coworker of mine has all that. He's me like several years ago. <laughs> Right. And he's he's younger than me too, so I mean, and I, I can tell he's a little insecure about the whole trying to master his domain, and you know, <laughs> um, and I don't think he's really. There are times where he tries to withhold the information, but I don't know if this. I I I was thinking about whether I should take this to the boss or not. You know, whether I should come up with this cost-benefit analysis or not because I don't know if half of it is me just trying to avoid abuse or if it, I'm just sort of avoiding self-abuse mainly because whenever I go to this guy and I'm like, well, this this is a weird problem. I haven't seen this before. And he said, well, you did, did you try this? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't try that. And then I just feel stupid and I walk away. And... <laughs> Well, I mean, my experience has been that when I do a bad job, it's because I don't want to be there. That could be part of it. I, but I don't know what else I'd want to do. I mean... Well, no, no, that... I mean, sorry, and this is just my... Because I um, uh, just... I guess maybe a month or two before I, I left my last job, um, the CEO asked me to do a you know, a market analysis of X, Y, and Z. And he gave me like, I had six million things to do and he gave, he gave me like a day to do it, right? And I just, and I was like, well, I could work late or, or this or that. Or, and I just, I didn't feel like, it. I just didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to him and say, well, step me through what it is that you want because I'm an IT guy, not a marketing guy. Or at least my marketing stuff has been mostly sales. I don't know, you know, what do I know about how to do a full in-depth market analysis of the manufacturing sector worldwide, right? <laughs> give me, give me a clue, right? And I didn't want to work late, and I didn't want to go and ask him how to do it. So I put together a metaphor and a slide presentation that I was fairly pleased with, and I ran it past one or two people, and they said, yeah, it seems good or whatever, right? And so I did it, and it just sank like a stone, right? And uh, <laughs> it's just getting those thousand-yard stares, right? People just hated it, right? And I, I, that had never happened for me before in my, in my entire career. This has never happened to me before. And... Again, this is just my experience. It doesn't, you know, it's just, it, it may be a perspective that's helpful. But that's what really helped me realize that it was time for FDR, right? And whatever that means for me, mean, meant, meant for me. But it's just, it may not be, you know, that you're trying to put yourself down or self. You just might not want to be there anymore. Like, you just, mm. you, might, you, you might just not care, right? And we all have this familiar thing where if we don't care about something and we kind of make ourselves do it, we immediately get passive aggressive, slavey, we lose focus, we lose right, this kind of stuff, right? Oh, that was certainly true for me. Yeah, didn't you just kinda of say, you know what, I just don't care about this stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I get that way. I don't know what I care about. I mean I know I I well, make then, a lot but, of money. Nate, see, and... see, the, the, sorry, Nate, the thing you immediately go into is, ah, but what if, right? But you've got to, got to, got to, got to, got to get used to the RTR, right? I wonder why. 
I wonder why or I wonder if that is the case. And if it is the case, I wonder why. Because as we were talking about recently, if you think that a feeling has to be followed by an action, then you'll just repress your feelings in order to control it. So if you say, well, the moment I admit to myself that I don't want to be here, I have to quit and live under a bridge, right? <laughs> That's not good, right? Because then you, you can't explore yourself because the stakes are too high, right? Ash and Charlotte want back in. Oh, now they want back in. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. And that's how we can really try our best to help things work between Charlotte and Ash. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny about Ash. <laughs> I'm uh, give it a try. I mean, I'm, I'm not interested in anyone else. <laughs> but... but <clears throat> The problem, I mean, this is where this this thing that, for me, of course, at least just started with yelling at what people hoped was a cell phone in my car. Um, it, it, it the, the the sort of the richness and depth of of one's inner life, uh, uh, particularly with the RTR and also with the Miko system, right? That the the depth and interest of your inner life it, and uh, the joys of philosophy. I mean, material goods, material they just they just become less important. Right, but the, the 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 money that it takes to sustain all that I have, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, but you're you're pouring water into a hole with a bucket, right? Because you waste a lot of money. Yeah, I do. I mean, this is by your report, right? I mean, this is what you say, right? Right. And you could live on very. I'm not saying you should, right? But you could live on very little. I could, but I couldn't get that new new Mac. <laughs> well, that's certainly true, for sure. That's certainly true. But the important thing is just to to look at, you know, the, because you're gonna you're gonna either invent a story as to why you may not be doing as well at work, or you're gonna find the truth, right? Oh, the right. option of having no thesis doesn't exist because we are pattern making machines, right? We're gonna make up something. And I'm making up a story that I'm avoiding self-abuse because I I really like the job, but I, I'm afraid of um, um, looking bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's this younger guy, and I used to be like that, and, you know, uh, I, you know, he tells me to do stuff which I haven't thought of. But when you're not paying attention, it's most often because you're not that interested, right? I mean, don't you all remember that time, those times in the class with the teacher's droning on about some stuff you could care less about and you're looking out the window and imagine flying through the trees and stuff, right? And it's because you don't care about it. I mean, that, that's a place, it's a possibility, right? Sure fits the, it sure fits the picture because I go to these meetings and they're ta talking on and on about stuff that I would have been really would have chimed in on and all that stuff and it's just like please when is this going to end <laughs> yeah we have to trust your emotions there i mean i i know i don't want to do phantom forever and i used to get really pissed off like i 
what am I doing here? And, but I need the money and, you know, in that impossible place. And now I'm just starting to trust myself. I say, hey, I'll trust my future self. And I'm going to, you know, and I might quit tomorrow. I might quit a year from now. And, but uh, in the meantime, yeah, great. I'll get the paycheck. And, you know, you're thinking of moving, right? And, and changing your life. And so you're probably starting to ease out of your present life. That's that's true. I am. I am thinking of escape routes. <laughs> escape you have to trust your future self that you'll find a way to do what you need to do when the motivation to quit your job or to do something else comes. Right. Yeah. If if we made it through our childhoods and came out functional, there's nothing in the future that's going to be worse or scarier or more difficult. Right. I mean, if we could do all of that. And come out and be functional people with jobs and, and relationships and this and that, right? I mean, man, if we could do that when we were six and seven and five and ten years old, I mean, we can surely trust ourselves now, right? At this point, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you didn't plan to get out of your childhood and get into philosophy and, and change your life and, and become a successful IT guy and and so on, right? No, none of that was planned. No, and and yet you pulled it off, right? Like we we survived and flourished out of dismal and brutal and repressive childhoods without having any clue what we were doing, right? Right. I didn't plan to learn how to walk or talk or hit puberty or anything. It just happens, right? Well, most of it was just following orders. Well, that's true, Greg, but you you retained a part of you that existed independently of those orders, unlike your brothers, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's and you didn't plan that, and you probably hated it half the time, if not more, right? You're like, geez, why can't it be like everybody else? Yeah. Yeah, that's like my brothers. The, the that's invisible the apple thing. Yeah, but that's why the future can be a little bit less scary, right? Right, like if you've if you've just outskied the avalanche, walking down the the street can't be that scary, right? <laughs> it it doesn't seem like walking. When I look from here, it doesn't seem like walking down the street. It seems like dropping everything and just. Uh... <laughs> well, but that's that's a that's a ghost story that you're telling yourself, right? The ghost story that you're telling yourself is everything that you would give up. That is familiar, right? Right. But, but that's, a, that's a um, uh, it's like there's an economist who who writes pretty scathingly of someone who was saying, you know, well, you you know, you shouldn't invest in 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 real estate because if you take all of that money and you invest it in the stock market, you will get five times the income and this and that. And he's like, oh, these people. He said these people drive me nuts. Because this guy's saying, well, you take all of this money and you put it into stocks and you get five times the income than you will out of the house. And it's like, yeah, but you don't get the house, right? So right. all you're doing is looking at the pluses of one side and then you say, well, how much of that money do I have to take out to pay for housing? Well, looks, looks, look, uh, looks like it ends up being about the same, right? Try it in rent. <laughs> yeah, so or, yeah, rent or, or not having the house as an asset to sell later or yeah, whatever, right? I mean... The, the pleasure of home ownership, which is important as well, right? That you can actually not just shuffle around from place to place hoping they don't raise your rent and stuff. Or you actually get a home and you can do whatever you want to and you can add, put additions in and, and rent out the basement, whatever, right? 
But uh, he's just saying, well, yeah, if you look at all the pluses of one side and all of the minuses of another, it looks like an easy decision. But economics, like life, is never that easy because it's a mixture of pluses and minuses, right? So if you just say, well, if I admit that I'm bored, I got to quit my job and I, I got to, I don't know, live as a street mime or something, right? then it's going to be like, well, shit, I don't want to admit that I'm bored because then I'm doomed, right? Right. Right, but, but if you say, well... Uh, I don't know what's coming next, um, but I know that I don't want to be doing this for the next 40 years, right? No, I don't want to be doing this for the next 40 years. Right, so, so and, and that's just the knowledge. It doesn't mean you have to do anything, right? Other than just mull over that knowledge, keep your eyes peeled for opportunities, think outside, think of what you might do if you won the lottery, and, you know, but you don't have to do anything, right? But you just have to accept that part of you that says, get me out. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean you have to obey it, right? The whole point of the Miko system is not that we turn our voices into our parents, right? But everyone gets a seat at the table, including the guy who wants it. There to be no table was the way that ended. Unfortunately, the recording ceased. But I thought this was an interesting snippet of conversation to share with you. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I look forward to your donations at freedomainradio.com forward slash donate dot html. Please pick up some books, and don't forget to pick up your Free Domain Radio gear at freedomainradio.spreadshirt.com. Thanks.